Welcome back, everybody, to This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, with me this week, as he always is and will forever be ever, ever more. It's Eric the Whiskey Mutant. Y'all know me. Still same OG, but I've been low-key. Y'all better listen up closely. Are you, You're not really that low-key, though. No. Are you low-key? I'm low-key. Oh, like you could be like a troublemaker. I'm, I'm a troublemaker. Low-key. Low-key. Y'all know me. Because <laughs> I forgot about Jay. What do you say? I'm going to stop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're uh, listening to the show for the first time, thank you so much for being here. If you are returning, hope you are well. Thank you so much for listening again. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app of choice. You can leave us a five-star rating and review in that app if it does so allow. Uh, and let's see what else. Patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. For as little as $5 a month, bonus content, including the pregame chats and early access to episodes. And by this point, hopefully, I think we might have like about 24 hours left before we can make this, we can kind of close this off. Uh, but the Wilderness Trail, picking in the rain, mm. single barrel pick. Mm. Crush. You crush that thing. I'm so excited for it. It is up for sale on Patreon at the moment for at least a few more hours. Uh, and we do have to get our payments in pretty quickly. You know, I still have the notes that I took on it. When, do you really? Yeah. On the nose, I got pecan pie with extra cinnamon. On the palate, I had Nutella toast and a very sweet finish. Mm. That's what it was on the day. That's, that's what different. I was feeling the day we picked it. That's that's nice and different. Nutella. I just remember that really like nutella like it was like melted into like toast and stuff yeah. Ugh, so good so if you missed out on it it was pouring and we were running around wilderness trail they're just let they set us free we were running in the rick houses we went like, crazy we did we went we went nuts for a little while a little wild there at the end the ending was just pure bliss <laughs> just good good stuff anyway eric this week my voice is going to crack, apparently. But I'm ready. We're, we're going back to flying blind again. I like this back and forth. Like I do we too. did a pairing. We did, I do too. did our pairing last week. And so, and then the week before, I blinded you. Yeah. So this week, so, I'm blinding I'm you. I'm in the hot seat. Let's see what we got here. Ooh. Little spicy boy. That. Ooh, that's like barbecue and chocolate. Yeah, it smells a little, a little like soggy wood. It's a little wet. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, but I'm getting that barbecue note, and it's like, like you're eating like barbecue chips, or like you just open the bag yeah. of barbecue chips. All right. Whoa, that's different. They don't taste like barbecue. What is that? It's like up front, it's like um, almost like a candy. Yeah. Some kind of like candy, candy and nuts, you know, like a trail mix. Yeah. But then it finishes like. 
Like it's a rye. I had this like note of like confectionery sugar up front. Mm. Like it reminds me a lot of going into the the bake shops at Disney World. Oh, it kind of reminds me of um, when you said that, like a funnel cake. Like when yeah. the sugar's uh-huh. kind of like you know when it's got really hot and the sugar's kind of like melted a yeah. little bit. And then I get like kind of a salty, like nutty. Yeah, it's like kind of like a trail mix to me. Yeah. I'm okay with this. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Though. It's not got a lot of finish. No. Like I'm getting a lot of a lot of the spice right up front and then the kind of the finish is gone. But I don't mind this. I'd pour a few a few uh glasses of this. Oh. And I just got like the M&M like the chocolate in the mix of the trail mix. Maybe I get I get like a dark chocolate. Yeah, like a, when they put like the little chocolate squares in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, trail mix, trail mix in a glass right now. It's interesting. You ready to find out what this is though? Is this a rye? It is not. Okay. It is a high rye though. Okay. It's blue run high rye. Glass. <laughs> Fall twenty twenty one, one hundred eleven proof. Blue run, huh? Yeah, this was sent to us by Lucas Boehner. Oh, thanks, Lucas. Who reached out on on email. This is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. And asked us um, if we wanted a sample of it. And I said, yeah, absolutely. We we need to try this. And sent it our way this week. We got a blind flight that he also sent over to try sometime. But I figured that where we've been talking about this so much, it was time to actually... Take a shot at it. I, I'm not gonna lie. It's good. There's it, no it, way that I'm paying no hundred dollars for this. No, stuff. this is a fifty dollar bottle, man. And that you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the marketing. I don't know who prices and stuff. Like this is good. Like I said, I would pour a few of this, yep. which is a good sign. But if I'm going in the store to buy it, like I can't justify. You know, this is definitely in that kind of forty to fifty five dollar range to me. It's it's weirdly dry. It's very dry. Like, but it but it's it's like dry, but it's got like an after a weird weird aftertaste. Yeah, kind of like medicine, like chalky medicine. Oh, uh, like after you've done like some kind of like uh, you've had to take like some cough syrup. Or yeah, like, and it's not like the good cough syrup. It wasn't mixed up well by the pharmacist. Yeah, it's got like that chalkiness. Yeah, it's just strange. So which butterfly is this one? Is this the hologram looking one? I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> As you can tell, we've really uh I mean I mean we've wanted to try it. We yeah. just we didn't have samples until now and neither one of us were wanting to spend a hundred dollars on something. Nope. Not even a little bit. You put this down to forty to fifty dollars, I'll I'll buy a bottle right now. I'll consider it. I'd buy it. But I'm not going to buy it right now because I'm just, I can't. Yeah. Afford, I'm not. Well, yeah. I can afford it. I'm not going to afford it because there's other stuff I'd rather spend money on. It's also almost Christmas. It is. I'm going to be broke. <laughs> I worked an extra night just to make some Christmas money for these children <laughs> who are not probably going to forget about it two months down the road. Not really. My kids are. They take after me in a way that they really like. 
cling on to things that they really want, like they yeah. collect things. And Eli, um, especially he, if something's not in the in the spot where it's supposed to be, he's like, okay, who moved this right now? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm putting that there, and that's where it's going to be. <clears throat> so they appreciate stuff. It's good. They're just a little clumsy sometimes, and they're not careful with their stuff. That's the problem. That's fair. I was always very not protective, but like if I if I had something that I loved, something I wanted to hold on to, it was usually in some sort of collection, and it was always in one space or one thing that kept it all in the yeah. same spot together. <clears throat> like I didn't like mingling it with other toys. You know, like I had a yep. bag of Batman toys and I had Dragon Ball Z toys stored in one spot and Pokemon in another and like just never the two shall meet. <laughs> no, no. I had a Star Wars box because when I was younger, I opened my Star Wars and then I got about 12, 13 and I started getting that collector itch and I wouldn't open anything. Yeah. So I hung them on my wall like I had like some posters. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I had... Uh, some Dragon Ball Z figures from Japan and stuff like that that I kept over there. I always had my basketball cards in their own thing. Everybody was labeled and in their own little section. So, yeah, they they get that. From, uh, they have a little bit of that going on right now. You know what? Uh, I was thinking of like some Christmas presents I got that I think I kept the longest, and I got one year the Talk Boy from Home Alone Two. <laughs> His recorder. <laughs> That's so cool. And I thought that was one of the, I kept that thing for years and years, like in like yeah. prestige condition. Like I would use that thing. Like I tried to be home alone all the time and <laughs> it'd change your voice. And it was, it was one of the coolest Christmas presents I've ever got. We had one of those little play school recorders. Oh, too. like a little like curly. Yeah. 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 Curly, uh, like basically what it. was in yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. Um, I, I I actually think I just saw it at mom and dad's. You went scavenger hunting. I did mom, go scavenger hunting. I found all my old Game Boys and um, some games. I'm I'm still lost on where a bunch of them are at the moment. But I mean, that's I, if I really put my mind to it, I could probably figure it out fairly quickly. But I did some some uh, little recon work. <laughs> went went there and found my Game Boy Advance and my Game Boy Color and I. How did we ever play games on a screen as small oh, as the Game Boy Color? It's a wonder we didn't go blind, like just squinting at the, you know. And then we, the the early Game Boys, you had to have light. Yeah, they didn't have a backlight. Yeah. And so, and and I mean, that was probably to my benefit that I wasn't playing games like super late into the evening, but still, like, you couldn't see anything. And the the original Game Boy screen too, that ugly green. Oh, dude. The, oh, oh I it was tore so up awful. Some Mega Man. On the original Game Boy. I just rediscovered... This is like an early tips and bits. I just rediscovered my love for Super Mario Land. Oh, Land. On the Game Boy. The first one is... I I mean, the first two... And then it goes into like Wario Land. But the first two are so good. They're so much fun. They're really quick. I mean, you can get through them in probably about two hours. But, oh my gosh. The six golden coins... The second one, I have such fond memories of playing that game. And, like, even still, I'll go back and knock it out a couple times a year just for the heck of it. But, man. You could turn those original Game Boys into, like, freaking robots. Because... Oh, yeah. 
they had so many of these like extensions you could put on. Like I had the light that you put on it and it was ridiculous. Like it had like a light and like a magnifying glass yeah. on the front of it. Yeah. Then you could add like extra controllers. You could put a printer on it. You could print the worst pictures you'd ever seen before. <laughs> Um, it was crazy. And then, then the Game Boy Colors, they had another little lot, but it didn't work that well. Yeah. So it was always crazy to me that you could plug a, a, a specific cartridge into like a Super Nintendo and then throw a Game Boy game in it as well. Oh, yeah. And you could play Game Boy yeah. games yeah. on the screen, like on the big screen. Yeah. And then, like, eventually the Game Boy Advance you could use as a controller for the GameCube. And... Now look at us. <laughs> now now I just bought a Switch OLED, so. Yeah, now your Switch is basically <laughs> your handheld and your uh, console Which is amazing. I'm so, I'm so excited to get into that and just geek out for hours and hours and hours. Anyway, I haven't even asked you what you've been drinking recently yet. Oh. Hey, we <laughs> back got to a, bourbon content. Back to bourbon. <laughs> like you said, a little early tips and bits there. Uh, I, I decided to, I needed to kill some bottles the other day. Yeah. Um, and I had one of my favorite Eagle Rare picks, which nice. was picked um, by our friend Dexter and oh, Casey. Yes. They picked that uh, for American, and it was the... 11 and a half year old Eagle Rare. Um, and they put that out during, right during the pandemic, and it all the bottles helped pay for the employees at the time. Yep. So I have a couple of bottles of those, but I had one opened and I finished it. And man, it is, it reminds me of an Eagle Rare 17. Like it's really like that sweet oak, grapey note, cotton yeah. candy. It's such a great pick. Um, I, I had some other stuff, but that one, Going back to that, I really spent a little bit more time with that evening and just enjoyed that Eagle Rare pick. I love Eagle Rare picks. Some of them are just kind of average, and then some you can get that are just so good. But yeah, that American Eagle Rare pick, the recent one, something special. I haven't really, I haven't had a whole lot of note that I've had to drink recently. I, I don't know why. I just kind of like slowed down a, a little bit over the past week or so. Um, I did, however, just pick up a Henry McKenna. I see that yesterday. So uh, I just I ran into Total Wine for. Oh yeah, by the way, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy oh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Pass. Happy of late Thanksgiving. Past. Yeah. Um. And he goes, "Well, there's some McKenna on the shelf." What's funny is I had just gotten done talking with my dad like a few days before about how we're never going to see McKenna again on the shelf. And sure enough, I walk in, and it was like thirty eight ninety nine, but still. Oh, also, the um, I was gonna, you're struggling a little bit. Well, over there. the strip came off before it was done doing its job, and so now I don't I don't have any other way to open this. So we'll just just twist it. I can't, it's not a twist top anymore. Yeah. I'm really glad the cork didn't break. You got it. I'll just leave the thing on. <laughs> I just leave the thing. Just, who cares? Uh, Six twenty one eleven is when that was barreled. That was the week that I graduated high school. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> who knew that ten years later I'd be here drinking bourbon legally? Legally, I didn't drink in high school though. I barely drank in college. I didn't that much, but when I did, I always got in trouble. Something would happen and I would get caught. 
I think I told this story one time when went to the Mexican restaurant after class one time and the older guys bought like buckets of beer and nobody cared about checking your ID. So I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to drink some beer. Mm -hmm. For some reason I was playing with like the bottle cap of like, it was like a Bud Light or something. And I just happened to put it in my pocket. And then later on my, I live with my grandma and she was washing my clothes and she was like, what is this? I was like, oh, shit. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was trying to make some excuse about it. And I just, I felt bad about lying. I was like, hey, I had a beer or something. She was like, you're not old enough to drink. So. Sorry, Grandma. Sorry, I won't do it again. And then sorry, Grand Grand. Sorry, Grand Grand. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the worst part about growing up is you're like trying to convince your parents that you've learned your lesson. You never really have. No. It's like, I'll never do it again. Then, one until, week later. until I get caught again. Yeah. Then when I got a little older, still not old enough to drink. Sorry, Grand Grand. Um, Does she listen to the podcast? No. <laughs> Who knows? She, she's surprising. She may wind up beating me again because somehow she's heard this. Yeah. Even though it's coming, you know, being recorded the week before it comes out, right. and you go back she to your knows. house where she's currently staying, she just yeah, smacks she you across the head. She came here for Thanksgiving. Yeah. She just hits me when I get back home. <laughs> But we, my one of my drinks of choice to hide, like we would go to like, so living in the small town, you had like your local festival. So it was like the gingerbread festival and like the black gold festival where I lived. And I would get one of my older buddies to buy me a, um, a little thing of orange Travarsky vodka. And I'd mix it in with orange uh, pop. And so I'd walk around, I'd walk around the festival just drinking on like a, like a Sunkiss or something like that. But it was filled with half with <laughs> Sunkiss, half with vodka. It how, was so bad. How did you, I mean, how quickly did you get drunk off of that? Oh, pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I immediately would get drunk and have fun. And then I would start avoiding people that I saw from like, uh, going to church with like grand grand and things. So <laughs> It was just me just making sure I don't run into anybody. So the the pastor that um, I grew up with, the pastor that baptized me, officiated mine and Lucy's wedding. And, you know, he came in, you know, halfway through the day before we were about to, you know, really get ready to go out and everything. And my my groomsmen and I didn't get crazy rowdy or anything. We just, you know had a bottle that we were drinking on yeah. throughout the day. And within, I mean, within like minutes of each other, my dad and my pastor came into the room. And so like they crossed paths and my dad was like, Bob, I'm real sorry, but I need a drink. <laughs> and he was like, look, Dave, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's a man of the cloth. He doesn't ever partake, but he just was fully accepting of the fact that that was happening in front of us, or in front of him, rather. That also um, is one of my favorite stories about my brother. Um, he was underage at the time. Sorry, everybody, but it was my it was my wedding. It happens, gonna, okay. He was going to participate in some capacity. He got very drunk that night and smoked his first and only cigar. He blamed the cigar for how he felt. But anyway, we're all sitting around the table before the before the ceremony. And my sister walks in to say, hey. 
she sees Dane drinking the glass of bourbon. She's like, I didn't realize you drank bourbon. Without breaking eye contact, he takes his glass. There's probably like an ounce and a half, two ounces left. And shoots back the rest of it. And his eyes just start immediately watering. And he's just coughing. <laughs> he just can't handle it. He's like, it so oh, funny. yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> I like now we're talking about underage drinking stories. <laughs> it just, ha- you know, it just happens sometimes. This, this is what we do. We just have conversations. What was the, we'll get to the review in a minute, but <laughs> what was the first truly drunk you ever got that you remember that, that was just wild and nuts? Um, in any capacity, and okay, okay, I know, I, I and I mean, even... like, if you if it's something that you can't talk about legally, <laughs> no, I can talk about it. I mean, I guess talking about drinking underage is, yeah. Um, so, like I said, I, I never really you get a good like buzz or something like that, but so when I was in college, I was it was like nineteen college. It wasn't like. 22 21 whatever when i was in college um i'm pretty sure most people listening probably know that i was in a band or if they don't i was in a band like a local band like a hardcore metalcore band and we'd we travel around the uh states the close by nothing huge but we were friends with like the older band that we kind of looked up to we became friends with them and they had like this little studio set up and they would record uh, for like the local bands and stuff. So we went over there and I stayed all night there with the singer of that band. And we started drinking like stuff that I'd, I've never drank that much ever before. <laughs> and I, wound, I woke up with my head in a, in a, uh, guitar case <laughs> I was laying in the guitar case. One of my other friends was in the drum room, <laughs> passed out. And it was like just whatever we get. I had my first uh, Jaeger bomb. Uh, then it was like vodka and like whatever was around. And then I ended the night drinking Gator Grain, which is uh you take a thing of Gatorade and pour half out and then you fill the rest of it up with uh Everclear. Oh or no. Or golden grain. So we oh, called it Gator no. Grain. And I thought I was going to die when I woke up. <laughs> I absolutely thought I was going to die. I woke up in this homemade music studio with my head in a guitar case not knowing what happened. All I know is that I woke up feeling like death. And that was my the first time I'd ever woke up with a really bad hangover and felt like I was going to die. Gator grain, not a good idea. Don't do that. I would not recommend Don't that. Don't do that. That sounds yeah. That sounds bad. like something Grease would have recommended. Well, he was in a band too, so he probably had some Gator grain during his day. But man, I honestly thought I I thought I was going to die. I did. I thought <laughs> I was going to die the next day. Great. The first time I ever really got drunk was on uh, gin. And I'm not like, I, I don't have an aversion to gin now, but I I get so drunk off of it, I just got silly, just goofy, to the point where I laid down on the bed at one point. I'm like moving my arms back and forth. I'm going, I'm a bird. I'm a bird. That's sad. <laughs> 
That reminds me of my buddy Seth, who was the guitar <laughs> player the first time he got that way. And he was like, he sat in a in the floor and going, I just, my my legs are just wobbly. I can't go anywhere. And he was That's like incredible. doing this hand thing, like he was like these hands. <laughs> and we were like, what is he doing? Oh, that's good. Yeah. And we tried that night when that first really bad drunk I got, we tried to do freestyle raps because we were <laughs> we were recording everything. And so we got done recording like the actual real music and we tried to freestyle and it was bad. It was not good at all. Do you still have any of those recordings? I'm sure Eddie does. My buddy Eddie probably still yeah. has that on his computer somewhere. Eddie sounds like he's a music uh, music engineer. Yeah. It's like a good engineer name for... Yep. <laughs> He did. It was it was his little project that he they made that little studio. So that was a fun little tangent. <sighs> Crazy days. Should we should we review something now? Yeah. I'm really excited for this, dude. I got gifted this bottle and I kept it a secret from you. You did because ah. we talked about wanting to drink something like this, but we hadn't had a chance to. No. A lot of that going around at the moment. I know, right? <laughs> You want to tell them what it is? So we had been... You want me to crack it? Yeah. <sighs> okay. We've been talking for a while about really high-proof makers. We've been talking about single-barrel makers. And while this is not a single-barrel, I thought it was initially, but it's not. I this, thought it was. No. 100-barrels age, 60-barrels released. Oh. I mean, unless it is a single barrel. It's a, it has a dump date and everything. So so on the label, though, it does actually say that it's a batch. Okay. So not single barrel, as far as we can tell. I mean, it could be the smallest very, of small batches. I was going to say, I don't think there were very many barrels they were going. So if it is a, isn't a single barrel, it's a very small batch. Yeah. Extra special small batch. Extra special. Are you kidding me? Is this a... Is it a screw top? <laughs> I like their style. It's a screw top. This is like a hundred dollar bottle <laughs> with wax on it. I like it. I like it. That is so funny to me. I actually, I, I do like. I don't hate it. The fact that it's a screw top because it's in line with how makers is normally bottled. Yeah. I mean, clearly this is just the standard makers bottling. Right. But it just. That is so funny to me. <laughs> so we went with the highest proof one. Yeah, I got the, uh, there was a couple and the guy was like, I'm going to get you one. So um, I was very fortunate to get one. Um, and I said, give me the highest proof, <laughs> of course. 125.4. And it went in. So this one went in at 125 proof and they brought it out eight years later at 125.4. This is either going to be, I feel like, not good or just okay. You don't think it's going to just blow your socks off? I don't off? think it will. <laughs> I wish it would. I hope it does. But I'm just, I'm kind of reserving my expectations for it. I will say, though, I love the age statement on this at eight years old. I mean, that's about the oldest makers you're going to get. I would love to see a 10 year makers. Yes. Even at 90 proof, I think a 10 year makers would be so good. That's a weeder. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's a great nose. Oh. <laughs> That's you. 
if <laughs> if you don't smell that in the blind and go, that's sweet and that has to be a weeded bourbon, then you got to go back and drink drink some weeded bourbon. You talk about your confectionery sugars. Oh, that's a... caramel, butterscotchy. You know what that smells like? Have you ever had a peanut butter roll? Like it's got the white on the outside oh, yeah, and then the peanut butter in the middle. That yes. smells like the outside of a peanut butter roll. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, the nose is at least spectacular. I'm down with the nose. This might be one of the best weeder noses I've ever smelled. It's done right. Like A hundred percent. I think it's punchier than the WLW from this year, too. It keeps sm- it keeps getting better. That is a better nose than the WLW. Tis the season, right? What I'm referring oh, to, dude, is comparing this to WLW. There is no comparison that the makers has a better nose. All right, let me see. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's like it's flat. It's yeah. flat compared to the makers. Oh. I mean, it's almost sour. It's too it's too barely. Yeah. It's like it it crossed the threshold of being over oaky. And what was the WLW twelve? Twelve. Yeah. Oh man. This nose on this maker's I I'm afraid to drink it because I'm like I know. I don't want the the palate. The magic to go away. Yeah. Wow. It smells so good. So I was not I was not expecting it at all. It's just like the perfect like weeded bourbon nose. Sugar and a little bit of cinnamon spice. Yeah, I'm even getting a little bit of like that. It's not like straight up peanut butter. It's kind of like, you know, peanut butter cream. Almost like we talked about in the pregame, peanut butter pie. Yeah. Cuz you add like that cream yeah, cheese and absolutely. everything with it. Whipped cream and all that. Dude. The, and the peanut butter like moosiness of it mm. is coming through more and more the longer it sits open in the glass. Oh wow! I wasn't I wasn't expecting this. This is two weeks in a row that we've been really surprised by the <laughs> bourbons that we've been. I reviewing. love whiskey. <laughs> I'm in love again. All right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> that's a, that's 125 proof, baby. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be so hot, dude. That dried me right out. <laughs> mm. I have no moisture left in my mouth. Oh wow, that's like that's that's. I'm not saying it tastes the same, but that's like take, taking a big gulp of like old Forster Bell Proof or yeah. something. Like, I'm I'm trying to get it. It's hard. I, that first sip is almost impossible to yeah. get notes off. You gotta of. you gotta take that first sip and just get you get acquainted with it, and then go back into it. I, it it reminds me of the Kings County Super Hazmat that we mm. had. You know. Mostly oh, wow. just in terms of dryness. 
Okay, going back that second uh, sip, going back into it. More, a little bit more of that peanut butter. Not nutty, nutty peanut butter, but like, it's like, and I've said this about other stuff, but it hit me instantly. It's like a Zagnut bar. Mm, There's this crunchy kind of candy peanut butter with a little bit of like coconut and a little bit of sugar. It is so oaky. (laughs) It's really tobacco heavy, too. I mean, the darkness of it is ever-present. See, all that sweetness is right up front, and then I get that dark oak in the age. I mean, it's eight years, but the oak right on the finish. Yeah. Like, that finish is very, makes it drink a lot older than eight years. Yeah. Can I say, this is proof to me that Makers is the king of weeded products. Oh, yeah. You can say what you want about Weller and Pappy and all that. but this This is the weeded bourbon that should be drawing huge attention on the secondary market. Why isn't this? I mean, obviously there's three other oh. proofs in this series. There's like a one teens, like a 110, a one teens, a 120, and then the 125. 110, 115, 120, 125. Yeah. yeah. This could easily be Maker's Mark, like their LE. Yeah. Like, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. This is the darkest chocolate nut candy bar with toasted coconut. Oh, dude, that toasted coconut. I love this. This is really good. I'm going to try right next to this. Are you you cleansing your palate first? Okay, I'm getting the water. God, that nose is almost the WLW nose going back to it is almost sour to me compared to this. I mean, it just tastes like Weller Special Reserve. You know what I mean? The amount of flavor in that Maker's Mark side by side with that WLW, they're the same proof almost. 125.3 proof is the WLW. Really? And that one is 125.4. Wait, is it? Or is it 125.3? 125.4. Oh, wow. Is the Maker's. They don't drink anywhere <laughs> no. close to each other in terms of proof. I I legitimately would have thought that the Weller was anywhere from one to one ten. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you too. I think this might be one of the best weeded bourbons I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, if you don't like dry, this probably is not going to be for you. Yeah. But if you want something so bold and so full of flavor. And something that is going to just shock and awe. This is the bourbon. 
Mm. This knocked, for me, WLW off of my top 10 list. And it was low. It was a low spot in the top 10. But this was enough for me to not even consider having the Weller on my list. Mm. What has been happening with our our reviews recently? Uh, dude. It was like we hit a dry spell, and then all of a sudden the rains hit, and our our well has just been <laughs> completely refilled. And like this, I I wanted to try this, but it's just you know it's expensive. It's a hundred to hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, the fact that this was a gift is I'm like it's it, this is amazing. You know a little bit more. <laughs> what kind of questions that? Right? Did you try the WLW next to it? Yeah, it's not it's not as good. And then you go back to the makers, and it's like everything that we just said is like even more prominent. Like when you side by side them, like it brings out even more. It shows you just a <laughs> oh. I will say okay. It's a there is a little bit of astringency, just a little teeny tiny little hair of it on the palate. But this is also after me having tasted it a few times and just becoming more and more acclimated to it. I think it's an acidity that I'm not too on. <laughs> Dude, I could smell that all day. I'm playing my new switch the rest of the day. Like I was supposed to get work done, but. I just gotta. I'm drinking brine this. And, the turkey. You did say brine, right? Brine. I thought you said grind. Grind. I gotta grind the turkey. It's the first episode of Bob's Burgers where they're like, "Where are your parents? They're in the basement grinding the meat." <laughs> and that's not a euphemism. They're actually grinding the meat, dude. I, I'm I'm a fan. I am a big big fan of this. I don't think this is going to be for everybody. I think this price point is a little bit out of a lot of people's range. But honestly, I would I would pick one of these up. Now that I've tasted this, I would have no issue paying that $100 price for this bottle. No. Like I said, you have four choices. Lowered. So yeah. it would be, if anybody out there has got samples of the other ones... And you'd want us to do it maybe on a live stream. Yeah. We could compare them all. Those wouldn't be just send us an email or a message. Um, but the 125 entry proof DNA series for Maker's Mark, mm, I'd pay $100 for it. And the, you know, as, as far as like the 110 proof iteration of this, that's basically just Maker's Cast Strength. I was going to say that's the same. Like that, that's. Go get a bottle of Maker's Cast Strength and compare it to the others, I feel like. Yeah. You know, the the rest of these are an experiment. It literally tells you on the bottle that their standard entry proof is 110. So that means that if there is another Cast Strength product that is out there on the shelf, it's essentially the same thing. Now, is there any more craft that goes into the this you know particular batch? Maybe. Maybe. Because they are being more mindful of it. Um, they did say on the label that these are not rotated. So these are one of the few products that come out of Makers that do not experience, you know, all four of the seasons as they are kind of happening. This is staying in one spot. Yeah. 
And I just, I love the, like the whole idea of this. Like, you know, it says it on here, sip this batch alongside the, the others in the series to discover the difference that barrel entry proof makes on bourbon. Yeah. Like it's legit. Like this is what I feel like is the more accessible version of the single oak project from Buffalo. Trace. Yeah, exactly. And the difference between the two, I think is pretty much down to brand recognition and the fact that people are so attached to Buffalo trace. But I think that as far as experience, this is going to give people something much more unique and something that they can more easily have a conversation about as opposed to the single oak projects, which don't really have a whole lot of clarity unless you understand what they're talking about in terms of, you know, the trees that they use and how they were aged and where they were aged and yada, yada, yada. It's just a, it's kind of a mess and very hard to decipher. Whereas this is super straightforward. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the same exact process. It's just the entry proof that has changed. And that, I mean, that's just something to like get so nerdy about, but it's so cool. That's the stuff that I love about bourbon and whiskey is just like, I mean, entry proof. Like, yeah. I'd never in a million years back in the day when we were talking about our wild underage drinking stories <laughs> would have thought I'd sit, I'd be sitting here talking about how something tastes based on the entry proof and all that. I didn't even know what an entry proof was back then. This is so good. So I guess we should probably review this. We can. I mean, I, think I, we need I to. don't even know how available it is. Um, I don't think it's widely. I've seen like some restaurants and stuff get it and they yeah. like doing like tastings it's out there. of it. Yeah. It's out there. I am imagining that this is probably going to fall within the like 13 to 15 range for me. So, I mean, I'm happy like doing that way. Yeah. You cool with that? Uh, I'm, I'm around that 16, I think. Yeah, I'm on the higher end of what I, what I said. If we, I think the, yeah, I'm going to go like around like a, 16 and a half out of like 20. I'll go 15. Um, I think this is phenomenal. Like, yeah. Yeah. And to not be like, it kind of, it kind of makes me wish that Maker's Mark just said, you know what? Screw it. Like, this is going to be our like LE every year, like the, the 125 entry proof or like Maker's 125 and like that's what they call it or something like that. Like, cause I feel like this competes with, a yearly like a four roses or like a Elijah Craig barrel proof or not Elijah Craig E.H. Taylor barrel proof or like whatever other LE is out there. Like this this stands right there with it. Yeah. It's it's just the price that's kind of bringing it down a little bit for me. Yeah. Cause but I mean at the same time if you're directly comparing it to the antique collection. Yeah. It, it, I it, mean this this absolutely has blown everything away that's in the antique collection, I feel like. Maybe not the Eagle Rare. I think the Eagle Rare... Eagle Rare still got a little bit of a leg up, just because I do think... Yeah, yeah, it's got a little bit yeah. more of a finely tuned nature yeah. about it. It's 17 years old, too. Or eight, uh, 18 years old. It's true. But you side-by-side this with the weeder of the BTAC, which is just a few years older than it? No comparison. Almost the same proof? Straight up kills it. I th- I think that this is even further proof as well that 
if you can't find <laughs> William LaRue Weller at retail, which <clears throat> yeah, you, there's no way you can. Maker's Cast Strength is a great alternative. Maker's Cast Strength is something you should have on your shelf at all times. Yep. And if you want something super special and you can't find WLW, look for this DNA. Yeah. The 125 proof one. For sure. Mm. I love it when a plan comes together. Bourbon's been good to us recently. I don't really know what the plan was. I'm just saying I love it that that tastes really good. The plan was for you to have that kind of reaction. Yeah, it worked. So I love makers, man. Like the I more, do too. The, the more I get into stuff, the more I love going back to makers and just even just like naughty proof makers. Every time I come back to it, I'm like, I I understand why this is held up against the test of time. Mm-hmm. So I ain't gonna buy. I ain't gonna go searching for all those crazy Kentucky bottles and stuff like that because. Those are those are just ninety proof, yeah, makers in so, special. If you didn't bottles. know that. They're just the same. <laughs> Crack it open and try it for yourself. Do it. Whoo! I'm feeling like rowdy now. <laughs> well, it's about to get rowdy. This is rowdy juice. It's about yeah, to you, get. Rowdy. Are you about to get rowdy for tips and bits? Yes. All right. You go first. No. Okay, lay it all. Me? Lay it all on me. Lay it all on me. I've I'm watched. ready for it. Okay, remember last week when you were like, I got a list of stuff. That was your thing. You, yeah, you yeah, went yeah. Through. This, this is a list of things that you have problems with based on one show, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, just the good... Quick quick thoughts about my past week. Uh, two more Harry Potter movies. Um, the Goblet of Fire and uh, Help Me Out, Order of the Phoenix. Yep. Got it this time. I didn't mess anything up. No awesome. ghosty guys or Azkapar over here. Yeah. Awesome. Loved it. I felt like those two movies, they kind of like blended together. You know, the end, like kind of yeah. goes straight into the next one. Awesome. It reminded me of Naruto because you've got uh, the Goblet of Fire. They're doing like the thing where the students are competing against yeah, each yeah, other yeah. to become this. So just like in Naruto, the tuning exams are going on. And then the next one. Um, the kids, like in Naruto, they go to rescue their friend who's left the village, and it's these kids who are going up against these grown-ups and fighting them, and you're like, these kids are strong. Well, Order of the Phoenix, the kids go up against, you know, uh, what do they call them? The Dark Eaters. What? The Death Eaters. Is that it? <laughs> what's the, what's Voldemort's... Uh, the Death Eaters. Death Eaters. Yeah. I was going to say Dark Eaters. <laughs> I thought you were leaving off the turds on there, and that was just a very racist-sounding turd. No, I'm not racist at all. I know you're not, but just the way it it sounded made me laugh a lot. The Death Eaters. Yes, the Death Eaters. So the kids are facing them, and you're like, oh, these kids are strong. Awesome. Love those two (laughs) movies. Uh, So I got to watch, what's the next one? The Half-Blood Prince? Next one is Half-Blood Prince. Okay, so I'll report back on that. Um, That's the positives of your week. Yes, that's the positives. The negatives. Uh, First... Negative Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> forgot the I forgot that you went and saw that. <laughs> Listen, okay, I've had some good conversations with people because I mess they messaged me about what they liked about it. I felt like the first hour hour or so movie of that thing was the hour first hour and so of that movie. <laughs> I can't even get it out. I'm so flustered. It's the it's the it's the makers probably. Just blame it on the makers. <sighs> 
It was so slow. Even my boys were like, is anything going to happen? <laughs> Listen, and some people came back and they were like, you know, they built up this story and they showed some nostalgia. Okay, I get it, but you could have done that in about 25 minutes. There's not enough ghosties. There's not enough busting in this movie. Okay? The last 25 minutes, mm, perfect. The after credits, awesome. So that's it. First half and a quarter of this movie is just slow and it's boring. So inevitably when it gets a sequel, do you feel like there is going to be more busting of ghosts? I think so. Okay. I think this is I think this they're going to a pivot movie. Yeah. Pivot. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um <laughs> so yeah, I would my recommendation on that wait till it's streaming. I wouldn't go to the theater for this. So now we get into speaking of streaming. Speaking of streaming, on Netflix there is a show a live action show called Cowboy Bebop. I said this last week. Cowboy Bebop, the live action, is based off the anime, which is also on Netflix. And, and the anime is so good. It's classic. It's incredible. Top, I'm about halfway through it right now. Top anime, one of my top animes of all time. And I got to watch the movie, too. Yeah. Which knocking, I didn't even know that there was a knocking movie. Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah. It's great. I got to watch it in between, what's it, between 22 and 23? Yeah, it's before the ending. Okay. Um, so, anime, live action adaptations do not have the greatest track record. But I was holding out hope based on what I've seen so far yep. from trailers and little specials they've done. I'm like, man, they're going to do this right. Uh, they didn't. It's a mistake. <laughs> but... So did you like the, okay. what was it, the last session? I like that because I felt like that, that just seemed like that was them doing like a little battle. You know what I mean? What this show does wrong. Okay. Let me start with the right. It looks great. It looks like it's set in Cowboy Bebop. Like perfect. The music. They did the music great. Some of the same music, maybe a little bit difference, but they did it right. Costumes, set design, everything like that, Cowboy Bebop. What they changed that I did not like was some of the characters' personalities. Now, this is a retelling of some of the episodes. Like they, That's fine with me. I don't have any issue with retelling, changing a little yeah. bit of the origin. But when you mess with a character's personality, they don't, they're not that character anymore. Faye Valentine, to me, in the anime was this kind of hothead, but she was cool, strong. She's just a cool female character. Yeah. In the live action, she got to a point where she was so annoying because they tried to make her too cool. They wanted her to be cussing the whole time. They wanted her to be making jokes the whole time to try to look cool. And it took away from how strong she really is, how yeah. good of a bounty hunter she really is. Spike, our main guy, like, at some point, they made him seem like he was kind of like a pervert or something like that. Like it just took away from the personality, which then made the whole show just, it just didn't work for me. They changed stuff with other characters. They changed the, just the, their personalities. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Perry has text messages of me ranting for like lines and lines and lines and lines of text message, just basically crying. Um, yeah, so 
please just watch both of them if you watch either one. Whether you watch the anime first or the live action, please just watch both. And please see what I mean. How when you change the personality of a character, how it just takes the whole magic of a show away. Do you think that if somebody has never seen the anime before and they watch the live action show, that they would like it in any capacity? I think if they are not picky there are some very (laughs) that's brutal (laughs) like if there are some very like if you get down to like the nerdy part of stuff just like we do with bourbon or whatever there's some cuts and there's angles and there's like uh choreography that just doesn't work in this and that's the problem i think with making an anime into a live action is that stuff that happens in an anime just is almost impossible to make in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think people will enjoy this show. I think if you really love the anime, I think you're going to feel more like me and you're going to feel like they t- change just enough of these characters' personalities to make it not enjoyable. How long are the episodes? About 40 minutes. <sighs> that's another thing. That, I think these episodes uh, drug out too long. I, I, I love... <clears throat> the the original series for its like pulp fictiony kind of mm-hmm. aspect like just really quick cut stories that 25 minutes yeah. yeah you can pick up and put down just as easily as you can a comic book yep. or just as easily as you can any anything else that is not immediately gratifying but at the very least has something that you know d- it doesn't feel like a slog yeah. And and forty minutes is like pushing that, especially if you're kind Some of, of my like closer to fifty too. And and like if you're clawing your eyes out, going, when will this end? Like that is just. I stopped it one set one time and said, "I hate this." And then I, <laughs> I said, "I have to finish it though." Was anybody around you when you no, said that I was out by loud? Myself. Yeah, I watched this whole show by myself, almost straight through. Yeah, and that's just how I've been going on way too long about this. You need to go. I need to stop talking about. Oh, it's it. fine, but. It's just like, I compare it to like bourbon. Like say, what's your favorite? Like say wild turkey. Sure. You know, rare breeds. Your, say rare breed is like, that's the one you're top. Yeah. So then they're like, we're going to remake rare breed, which they do. They new batches every time. And it always tastes like rare breed. Right. Maybe a little different here. Maybe a little different there. But if they totally took out everything you liked about rare breed, and then all of a sudden it's not rare breed anymore. You can yeah. call it rare breed, but it's not going to taste like it. Yeah. So that's that's my comparison. It just, they took out the stuff that I love about the characters and it made me not enjoy the show. And now whenever somebody like makes a post about it, like a, like a like comicbook.com or like IGN, I just put, it's a mistake. And then I wait and see <laughs> how many people comment under it. And have tell you, me have you gotten a lot of responses? Yeah. yeah it, that's, a sh- that's, <laughs> The best one, though, that made me laugh was uh, it was on the <laughs> Netflix thing, and it says, look who's number one, and it showed, like, uh, Cowboy Bebop, like, the number one of the week, and I said, number one mistake. <laughs> and somebody said, that's what your mom calls you, the number one mistake. <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Thanks but for more, that zinger. More people liked my number one mistake comment than they did the that's what your mom calls you comment. So I won that Good. battle. I Good. won, so I'll give it to you. So you got it. Just go on. I'm. I'm just. 
So I talked last week about how I did I say this on the pregame chats? I think I did. About how much I hated Jungle Cruise. Yeah. No, you talked it about was, it on the main episode. Was it the main? Okay. Yeah, because you had your list and that was the top because you said you fell asleep. Yeah, in it, it was awful. There was no puns and all um, that stuff. We watched Red Notice as well. The movie that The Rock did mm-hmm. with, with Ryan Reynolds and everything. And, yeah, Gal Gadot. I, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'm ready for The Rock to go away for a long time, though. <laughs> I don't I don't want to watch another movie with him in it. I don't think he's a good enough actor to warrant all of these roles that he's getting. And quite frankly, I'm just kind of sick of him. Like I I I watched the trailer for the Super Pets movie. Oh god. Yesterday, and The Rock is the voice of Crypto, the yeah. super dog. Yeah. And I was like I had I had like a physical reaction to listening to his voice in this role where I was like I need to step away from this moment and just just let The Rock kind of disappear for a while. If he disappeared and Chris Pratt was the voice of Crypto, uh. what would you do? <laughs> I love those memes that came out after he was uh, cast as Garfield. I was like, hey, he's going to be the trash monster in the uh, <laughs> in the Dune remake or whatever. <laughs> uh, it was just, it was so funny to me. But um, I'm, I'm over Chris Pratt <laughs> as well. Um, I, I mean, I'll watch Guardians, but I, I'm kind of over him as a person. Uh, but that's, that's a different yeah. conversation. But uh, Red Notice, for what it is, is actually pretty good i mean it's a good modern take on what indiana jones kind of would be like if uh it were set in this this era this time does it feel like one of those like good for like netflix originals you know what i mean like some movies are yeah i i would say that it feels a little bit above okay netflix's netflix's the Netflix Originals. original style of movie. Yeah. Like, it, it did kind of feel like, and I know that it wasn't this way because of the the talent they had in it, but it did kind of feel like the studio got this movie made, and then they were like, we don't have anybody to put the movie out. What are we going to do with it? Nobody likes this. And they went through everybody, and finally Netflix was like, ah, we'll just put it out for yeah. you. But, I mean, it's clearly not that. I mean, I... and. I, it just it just feels kind of out of place. I'm not expecting like blockbusters to come out of Netflix, no. but I feel like this was just slightly above their average. Yeah, maybe even far enough above their average to where I'm going. This maybe shouldn't have come out on this platform. <laughs> I would have felt more like it was appropriate for it to come out on uh, like like HBO Max. Yeah. See. <laughs> That's how I've always felt about like those Netflix shows, uh, not shows like the original movies. It's yeah. like they're good, they're entertaining, but you it, they don't feel like they're anything that should be in the theater. Almost yeah. like it's a step above like a you know a primetime TV special or something yeah. like that. So I have to watch it. I've been yeah. It's it, it's a I I felt more engaged buy it and i felt more interested in it than i did jungle cruise which is not too difficult to do but um 
I, I just, I, it felt like more of a substantial movie. And I just wanted to keep watching it and finding out what, what happens. There's a really, there are like two or three really great twists in it as well. Um, that just, I don't know, it made it more worthwhile for me. I want to talk to about a comic that has just started over the past few weeks. Okay. It's called Batman the Imposter. I saw this, but I haven't read it. I saw a preview for it so online. There, there are two issues out so far. And it feels like, and it's it's not, by all accounts, a spiritual prequel to what the Batman is going to be, the, the new Robert Pattinson Batman mm-hmm. movie. Because it is just this very, like real world gritty like you just kind of feel like it's a very lived in world with real people and um it just feels very fragile as well which i think i i've kind of felt about you know the batman so far watching the trailers and everything that it doesn't seem very uh the the world that they're in doesn't seem as stable or as glossy as like um uh Tim Burton's Batman, yeah. oh, or and- or even Christopher Nolan's Batman, I think still had a a level of sheen to it that didn't feel as as real as what the Batman I think is going to feel like. I didn't know. Sorry. No, I no, no. I ahead. didn't know Pattinson was in Harry Potter until I just watched that movie. Now I, I'm like, I, he's a wizard. He's a vampire. And he's Batman. <laughs> the trifecta. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. I was, no, no, I, no, when I saw him, I was like, wait, he's in this. I had no idea. I didn't pay attention when it first came out. So the the conceit of the story is that th- this is within like the first three years of Batman being active. And there is, from what we understand so far, an imposter running around killing mobsters, killing criminals in the streets of Gotham. And I feel like I know what the twist is going to be already. Like I kind of have this feeling that I know yeah. what's what's gonna happen. But the characterization of Bruce Wayne is one that I feel like we haven't seen before. He's he's very he's very human in a way that, that he's not been shown prior. Um Leslie Tompkins is a big, big player in this too, his his psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um and she's she's spectacular in this series there's no jim gordon and there is little to no alfred really and so what we're kind of seeing is batman stripped away bruce wayne being stripped away are they part of the universe and yes. they're just not in it okay yes they didn't just- so like it i think within context of the universe jim gordon was the he was a police captain he wasn't quite commissioner and because he supported Batman, he got fired. Or something something to that effect. I can't remember <clears throat> exactly. But Alfred, we've, all, we've always seen Alfred as this resilient and very just kind of hard-nosed protector for, mm-hmm. for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, no, it's really no spoiler because it happens within the first issue. But it's revealed that Bruce was so full of anger and he had so many temper tantrums that Alfred couldn't handle it and he he left. He's like, I'm out. He sent him off to boarding school and he left. 
So I it's it's this weird definitive take on bat not definitive, but it could be just really, really unique in a way that I think people are going to look back on and say, I'd like to draw elements from this when creating my stories. And it's so, it's so cool. It's so good. It's drawn exceptionally well. I actually took some notes on it because I I wanted to get some of it right. So uh, the writer is Matson Tomlin. Matson Tomlin. Who is actually a director okay. as well. And I think that kind of lends itself to feeling like this cinematic story told in comic book form. And the artist is Andrea Sorrentino. And she's got this like kind of messy but really well-defined art style to her like every it's all over the place but the central like style behind it is so cool and it just fits this style of batman so perfectly as well um the other funny thing though is that there's a police officer in it who looks just like Terry Crews in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I mean, down to like the suspenders and the way that they hug his traps. It is so funny. And like, there have been multiple times where I've been reading through it and I go, that's just Terry Crews. His name's like Dave or something in the book. And it's like, come on. Like, it's like when they did Samuel L. Jackson in the Ultimate as Avengers. The, yeah, as Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but truly, this might be the best Batman book I've read. In recent memory. Sorry about that. Good. Uh, anyway, that's that's it for me for tips and bits this week. That's, that's been a lot. We've 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 went on. It's a weird episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love when I can stop and go. I don't really know what happened this week. Hey, we know there's some good makers, Mark, out there. Some really good makers out there. It's gonna put me to sleep in a bit. Nap time. You need it. I gotta brown that turkey. Well, then you can go take a nap. And then I'll wake up and I'll... Ooh, i got to find a new show to watch. Hellbound. I wanted to start that. I was going to say Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks? <laughs> I'll start it sometime. Yeah, I know. Anyway, that does it for this week. Thank you all, as always, for listening. Eric, you want to wrap the show up? Yeah. Can you do it? Oh, God. You did it last week pretty well. All right. <clears throat> Let's see if you can do it. This is... I want to give you this role from here on out, if you can yeah. manage it. If that's going to be the thing, I'll make sure I got it. But <laughs> going shooting straight off the hip right now, well, if you want to follow us, you can follow me at Whiskey Mutant on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Search me on YouTube. Um, doing all my pairings and TikToks and tweeting and all that stuff. My right ear just went out. I'm sorry. Did you change your Instagram? I did. Handle? Okay. So you can cut that out. I don't have to. Okay. You can just keep it going. Ah, shit. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow Perry on Instagram, Twitter, it's pritter1792. Yes. And then if you want to follow the show, just search at uh, MyBourbonPod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Uh, this is My Bourbon 
Is podcast it my group. Oh yes, we changed you. You changed it, didn't you? This is my I did bourbon. change it. Yeah, just a few weeks ago. This is my bourbon podcast group. You can get on that. Um, we do some giveaways on there. We ask pregame chat questions. And speaking of the pregame chats, you can get on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You'll get the pregame chats, and then as you move up in tiers, you'll get more extra content. Um, if you've been listening, you haven't heard Swan, it's because I took his job, but he's still there if you want to listen to him on the Patreon episodes. He is the Patreon, uh, episode co-host. I'm sure there's a new episode of that coming out soon, right? There is, yeah. I'm a little bit backlogged, um, so we're probably going to get, like, October and November at the same time. Uh, but, yeah, October at the very least is in the can. I just I think, need to shoot it out. I think I'm going to uh, peer pressure Swan into coming back for the year in review to get his top bourbons. That whiskeys. is that is ideally what we would we would like to do is to have all three of if us. Because about halfway through the year is when he had to yeah he had to step away. So it'd be a good way to kind of send him off before he moves yeah. on to uh, so, greener pastures, which well, sounds like he's being put to rest. But moving on to bigger bigger things than what he's doing right now. Yeah. Um, so get on the Patreon. Um, we also just put out, uh, the email for the wilderness trail pick that we helped pick with Nashville bourbon society, which is a great pick. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be like one day left for you to do it. And it may be on the Facebook group by then. So get in on that. And if you want to get some merch, you can go Perry, tell them where to go. Bourbonshop.threadless.com. That was the only one I couldn't remember. And if you want to leave a five-star review, you can do it on all your favorite podcast apps or platforms. Uh, do we have one this week? Not this week, but hopefully Not next this week. week. And if you want to leave us a review on any other, anything, just screenshot just it. Just anything. Send it to us. We'll read it out on here. We, we love everybody. We'll read. You want to say something on a podcast? Tell us. We'll Send say us, it. We'll say it. And then we'll Hopefully just say nothing to no, like be be discreet. Just be so you want to tell somebody you love them, you want to tell somebody happy birthday. Let us know, we'll do it. Oh, oh, what if eventually it becomes like we are the, the way that somebody proposes? Oh, that would be awesome, it'd be so sweet. That would be. And then send <laughs> us a sample if you want us to review it on the show, or if you just want us to try something, we'd yeah, love that. Get in contact, yeah. No, we. Genuinely, Thanksgiving just came and went, but we are truly grateful for everyone who sends us stuff. And if it takes us a little while to get to it, we apologize. But a lot of this stuff we would never be able to try without you guys. Yeah, Eric and I just cleaned up the studio a little bit and discovered some samples, samples that I was like a little kid just finding stuff. I was like, Perry, look what I found <laughs> in here. Easter, little Easter egg hunt I found for another Eric. Sample. But like there was stuff that I totally forgot we even had. So First of all, sorry, guys. <laughs> yes. Second of all, uh, we will finally get around to those right. very, very soon. Uh, next week, though, what are we doing? Next week's like the beginning of uh, December. Well, we've got... <gasps> you know what next week's going to be? What? Perry's favorite things. Perry's favorite things. Are you ready for this? This is like my big holiday gift guide yeah. and, and list for things for people to check out you're gonna buy all that stuff for me no <laughs> okay i'm gonna send it to you though to look over okay and we're gonna we're gonna work on it together nice. but there's all some right. there's some good stuff on there sounds great so perry's favorite things next week there we go and then i don't know i don't know we got beer and everything we got so much stuff to go through yeah man such a bad problem to have what a shame anyway we'll see you guys next week 
Thank you all so much, as always, for listening. Until next time, I'm Perry. I'm Eric. <laughs> this is my perfect <laughs> podcast. <laughs>